You know, um, this year for us today is our fifth year anniversary of being here. Who would have thought five years? Five years ago, five years ago, you had a uh, a Hawaiian lei on us, and you we had flowers and we had gifts and we had celebration and. Uh, what a, um, what, a, what a wonderful five years it's been uh, for us, and so it's exciting to be here again. Do you know, um, actually before I do this bit, one more quick thing uh, just made me think of the whole COVID journey is, uh, yeah, in church life we've also got, I think because of the nature of, uh, of COVID in our society at the moment, we've got uh, times when just people can't fill rosters. So, so this morning we had someone contact Dave and Joan who couldn't make it, and so... Um, you know, I think it'd be great. We'd, we'd love to encourage you to, if you're, if you're able to fill a gap, uh, there's, there's many gaps that come up from time to time. We've got great teams of people that are committed to um, ministries and rosters, uh, but there's times you just may get a tap on the shoulder or a phone call, and I'd want to ask you, you know, if you're able to help out fill a gap, that'd be fantastic. You know, um, we've been away for four weeks. And in four weeks, I've discovered a lot of new babies are coming into the church. And so uh, congratulations to, well, I don't know what happens in those four weeks, but um, well done, you guys. Uh, and so we, uh, we're praying for all those with little babies uh, on the way and just trusting that, uh, that we'll just, uh, I think it's wonderful. We love little babies. Um, okay, back to here. Five, five years at HCC for us. That's 1,827 days. And um, the world has travelled, just in case you're wondering, I know you're interested in these facts, in these five years, which is to the day, um, we've travelled 48,750,000 kilometres with you. How's that? And so as you, we've, got a long, we've been around with you guys for a long time, and we've travelled a long journey with you. I've also preached around about 175 sermons. And so today we're going to do a quiz on every single one. <laughs> we're not. Um, but you know, five years, uh, th these last two years for our church and for our, for our world has been a rather unexpected journey. And, and as I look back, I'm just reminded of that. Remember, who remembers that Footsteps on the Beach um, Footprints uh, poem? You know, where we, we, the man walks, had a dream and he looks back and he looks at his life and he sees two sets of footprints on the beach and one's God and one's him and he gets to the end of his life and he looks back and says, hey God, at some times there was just one set of footprints. Why did you leave me? And God said, I didn't leave you. But he said, it's those times I carried you. And, and, and as we look back, particularly over the last uh, two years uh, and in the life of our church, you know, we've, we've looked back and we've, we've sensed God carrying us. Uh, we've sensed God carrying the church. And uh, I'm so grateful to God for his, his, his strength and not mine and not ours as we, as we walk this journey. But as you, it's, it's been a challenging two years for, for, for many people. And I want to thank our elders and our, our staff and all of you guys for uh, helping us and supporting us in that journey. Um, so this morning I want to share something I feel God's laid on my heart. Uh, a theme for the year, if you like. And... Um, Something I'm praying that you will just maybe catch hold of in your spirit and, and believe in faithful. Uh, in some ways, it's a bridge from where we ended last year and where we are heading in 2022. And uh, before Christmas, I shared a series of messages I titled After Exile, where we looked at how God brought the nation of Israel back from captivity 
and brought him back into, into Jerusalem. And the challenges they faced as they rebuilt their farms, their homes, their families, as they had to rebuild their cities, their temple, their identity, and their community and their faith. And so that was what I ended last year talking about a return from exile, a return when we can gather again, but there's work to be done. And so the message I have for our church, I believe, is found in something the prophet Isaiah wrote about 150 years before the return from exile. And uh, I, I touched on this, some of this, if you were at our, uh, our prayer evening on Monday night, I talked a little bit about this. And, uh, but you've got to think about it. When Isaiah wrote this, I'm just, this is important to note, when Isaiah pens these words that I'm about to read, Isaiah was watching the nation be taken away. Isaiah was watching the, 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 young, the young and the skilled and the royalty being removed from Jerusalem or removed from the nation as they were captured and taken away into captivity. Primarily, King Nebuchadnezzar was the, one of the first ones at it and he took Daniel and, and all those guys. So, so when Isaiah was writing these words, they were looking out their windows and watching their sons and their daughters and their friends and their leaders and their wealth and everything being demolished and, and, and removed from them. They're watching their community be disassembled and, uh, and pulled apart. And that would have been a heartbreaking time for all of them. So it's in the midst as they're watching the nation crumble that God would raise up the prophet Isaiah and he gave a wonderful prophetic declaration of hope for the people of Israel. And so Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, we'll, we'll start here. And I just want to zone in on one particular verse in this passage. But we'll start with the, the broader uh, passage. Uh, Isaiah writes, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light, mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Verse 4, look and see. Everyone say, look and see. He says, look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands, and your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy, for merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Vast caravans of camels will converge on you, the camels of Midian and Ephah. The people of Sheba will bring gold and frankincense and will come worshipping the Lord. The flocks of Kedar will be given to you, and the rams of Nebaioth will be brought for my altars. I will accept their offerings and I will make my temple glorious. What a wonderful prophetic word for Isaiah to deliver to a people who are watching their nation collapse. Now, prophecy in Scripture always has a number of contexts. Prophecy in Scripture has an immediate context. It's a God's word there and then for the people that are hearing it. Uh, but God's, the prophetic word also has relevance for people yet to come. And sometimes the prophetic words in Scripture have, a, have an eternal relevance. So it's, yes, it's for the here and now, and it's for the there and then, but it also extends into eternity. And so, as I said, this prophetic word was so encouraging for those watching their nation crumble and their sons and daughters being taken away. For a nation where things seem to be going from bad to worse, this would have brought great encouragement to them. 
But this generation, that this generation would not live to see the fulfillment of that prophecy. But they had hope. And so sometimes when God speaks to us, you know, we may never see it in our lifetime. But we have hope that God has spoken and what God speaks, he brings about. And so they knew that God had a good plan for their future. And so they were watching their sons and daughters being taken captive by a foreign nation, taken to a foreign land. And now I want to focus on the, the one verse I think is a, a launch pad for what I want to share with our church. Uh, Isaiah says in verse 4, he says, Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands and your daughters, little, little daughters, will be carried home. You see, Isaiah wasn't talking just about physical sons and daughters, although he was. He was physically talking about sons and daughters returning. And we saw that happen in my After Exile series when they came back under King Cyrus, King Cyrus released them. The sons and daughters or grandsons and granddaughters or great-grandsons and great-granddaughters would return. But we discovered that sons also represent strength, they represent provision, and they represent identity. And so as they're watching their, their strength get depleted, as they're watching their provision disappear, as they're watching their identity as a nation uh, whittle away, the promise from God is, I'm going to bring your sons back. I'm going to bring your strength back. I'm going to bring your, your ability to, to, to provide. And I'm going, to bring your, I'm going to restore your identity. Daughters represent fruitfulness. And they re represent love and, and joy. Da daughters rep represent a very relational connection. And so God is saying to them, He is saying, look and see. He is saying to the nation of Israel, open your eyes. Look beyond what you're, what you're seeing in the natural and look, look to what, I want, what I'm going to do. He's saying, don't despair. Because everything you see that is being lost will be restored. Your sons will come home. Your daughters will come home. It's a promise of restoration. It's a restoration of families. It's a restoration of strength and provision and identity. It's a restoration of fruitfulness and love and joy in relationships. And even when it seems impossible, when, when they're taken to a distant land where things are so far away and so hard, and how can this ever happen, God can make a way. And I believe this is what God is declaring over our church and our families today. See, in the last two years, I've seen the enemy at work in so many subtle ways and not so subtle ways. And like the Jews that Isaiah wrote to, over the last two years, we, or I have certainly watched the enemy steal, attempt to steal, kill and destroy. He's robbed many people of their strength, hope and joy. He's pulled families apart. He has, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily referencing our church, I'm referencing what, God's, what the enemy's been doing in the Christian community, in his capital C, the big church. Uh, the enemy has been pulling families apart. He's been pulling relationships apart. He has stolen people's peace. He has stolen their purpose. He has robbed them of dreams and visions for the future. And he has caused people to become disrupted, distracted, disappointed, disillusioned, and disconnected. I couldn't think of any more dis words. So uh, you can text me if you've got some more. But the enemy is at work. And he's been trying to, particularly over these last two years, where under the name or the banner of COVID, you know, I believe the enemy has an impact and we have been watching it. 
We've been watching the enemy do this thing and we're thinking, man, people that they're not so families are, are not so strong anymore, relationships are under tension and, and we see people's faith and everyone's tired and, and everyone's losing vision and, and all this stuff is happening and it's been under our watch and we can do nothing about it. And so that's why Isaiah's word to us, as we've seen that happen, is so encouraging. Can, can you relate to, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what the last two years have been like for you. I can imagine. I know what it's been like for me. And I know it hasn't been particularly fun. Anyone had fun over the last two years? I don't think anyone has. Um, how many of us have, uh, uh, how many of us have, have had the health journey of, of COVID? Good to see you here, Michael. So, but a, a bunch of us have, have, uh, have come un under that. And, and we've had a, Joel, you can put your hand down because you didn't. Um, <laughs> but, but talk about motivation. Or, or weariness, or, or here we go again, or, or, or lockdowns, or, or all of these things start to, start to shrink us. It's like, like muscles that we have, and, and uh, you know, if you don't work out your muscle, they, they deteriorate, they, they, they shrink. It's not that you don't, you've still got the same muscle you had before. But because of our, I believe because of our circumstances, we've, we've experienced just a, a reduction or a shrinkage of, of strength and, 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 and tenacity, and all those things. I'm talking about me, okay? I don't, I don't know about you, but I certainly know the two years I've journeyed through has been a, a challenging year for all of us, as, as families, even as a church. And so I do believe for 2022 that, that this is going to be a year of restoration. I believe that. I believe God is declaring restoration over your families, over your health, over your relationships, over your businesses, over your... your um, your, your dreams, other things that you feel have been lost or, or whittled away or worn away, I believe that God wants to restore them this year. A year of restoration, a year of healing, a year of strength, and a year of hope. So I wonder what is it in your life that maybe needs restoration? What is it if you, if you have a, a, an honest moment with yourself? What, what is it that you could say, you know, these, these things have eroded? That the enemy or circumstances have just worn away. Maybe your passion. Maybe your vision. Maybe even your faith. Maybe your strength. Maybe your motivations. Maybe your, your, your marriage over this time has, has, has faced stuff and has just been, just been under tension for too long. Maybe your health, your physical health, maybe your emotional health. Maybe, maybe what's going on inside your head is just, is just being whittled away and attacked and pushed and, and you're just coming to the end of yourself. If that's you today, and, and it's certainly me today in many of those ways, the word for us is to look and see. Look and see what God will do. God is saying to each one of us, church, open your eyes. Um, open your hearts to what God can accomplish in us. Because I believe He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. And I tell you what, that gives me great hope for this year. I'm so, and I've been, very, the word I use, I'm very optimistic, I'm faith-filled about what God wants to do this year in my life, in our family, and in our church. A year of restoration. The Bible, or uh, well, the dictionary defines the word uh, the verb restore, as uh, we've got them up here, it means to bring back or to put something back to a former or original state. 
much like the picture of the car that we saw before. And it can also mean to, to restore someone back into a formal position or, or to reconcile or to make things right. And so this theme of restoration, and we'll, we'll touch on this in the weeks ahead, but it's, uh, this, this theme of restoration and healing, it saturates every page of the Old Testament and the New Testament. It offers hope when things feel hopeless. And as you read through scripture, you see kings and kingdoms, fortunes and families, hearts and bodies, all finding restoration. We find people's relationship with God, relationship with others. And there's so much more that God, through scripture, shows us that God is a restoring God. See, restoration is God's plan for his creation. Restoration is God's plan for humanity. Jesus came to restore us back into wholeness. Jesus came to restore us back into God's original design, back into God's original intent and image. Jesus came to restore us back into that image. Jesus came to restore us, to reconcile us back into friendship with the Father. That's why Jesus came, to restore us. You know, friends, God is expert at restoration, at restoring things. God is an expert. He's a master craftsman. He's a master builder. And, and our world's definition of restoration is to restore something back to its original state. But you know, godly restoration, which is what God wants to do in our hearts, that can bring something back into a place that was better than it was before. I'll take you to one scripture that can sort of touch on this one. The story of Job, after Job lost everything. <coughs> and at the end of his conversations with his friends, he says, when, Job, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. You see, when God is at work restoring, he's able to, to restore something better than it was before. And I've, I've seen this at work in people's lives. I've seen Christian business people uh, in, in, their, in their workplace where, 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 where circumstances and things occur and, and it seems that all is lost. I've seen God step in and restore their businesses and restore, and restore their, their, their market or whatever they needs to restore. He restores their leadership. And what they've seen is God has brought something better than I had before. I've seen this at work in marriages. I've seen situations that seem impossible to fix. I've seen a whole range of, uh, of circumstances happen in my almost 25 years of ministry where marriages and families get hammered from external things, but also smashed from internal things. And I've seen, I've seen when God steps in, that God can restore that into something even better than it was before. Something perhaps that has never even been. Something incredibly beautiful. I've seen other times also where marriages may have dissolved. But in time, God brings other people into their world. And the, and, and the people that have been uh, hurt and, and broken and damaged, I've seen them find God's goodness and, and discover that marriage can be something far more beautiful than they had before. And I'm so excited to see God do that time and time and time and time again. I've seen that in our church. Many of you have experienced these things. And I just know that God is a God who can restore. God is a God who can work with whatever, whatever brokenness we give Him. 
and he can make something incredibly beautiful out of that. Uh, but what I've discovered uh, in, in times where God does an amazing restoration work, and he can, it's not a simple magic prayer. It's not a simple, put my hand up, get someone to pray for me, and then everything all of a sudden is better. It's, I've, I've, in fact, I've never come across that in my life at all. What I've discovered, restoration is a journey. Restoration, it's a journey of healing. It's a journey of reconciliation. It can take weeks, more likely months, more likely years. It's a, it's a journey where God walks with us and, and even carries us when we just can't walk anymore. And I know many of you have experienced that. Uh, back to my picture of the, the car, which will come up again in a minute. Um, or restoring furniture. Uh, so I don't know, I know John, John's restored a car, haven't you, John? And uh, was that a quick job? Did you just... Six years. Six years to restore a car. And uh, restoring a car or, or restoring furniture, um, what it often involves is stripping back. It often involves taking it back, stripping back, laying bare, dealing with damage, scratches, rust holes, repair, repairing or replacing what's been broken. That's what restoring requires sometimes. And that's the same for our lives. And as we continue to allow God to restore us, you know, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's messy. But I tell you what, the completed work of God's restorative power in your life, in my life, in our church, in the families that we know, in our community, what God can do can be more beautiful than what it was before. But we need to allow the master restorer to complete his work. I'm sure you've all got half, well you may not, we do, Half completed project at home. Anyone got a half completed project at home? Wives, how many? Yeah, more hands will come up. I ask the wives. So. Or, or at work. And you know what? You sort of think, well, I'm glad it's not what it was. We've made a start. We sort of stripped the wall, or we've we've done a bit, but it's it's not what it was. But it's not what it could be. And we've all got projects in our life. From our thought life to our to our activities to our journey of faith, that they they can be half completed, and that's because they are because of journey. The the only completion we're ever going to get is when we get to heaven and we we discover that, that that Jesus has made us fully complete. But on the journey to heaven, we've got a bunch of we're all a work in progress. We are all in a journey of becoming more and more restored into the image of Jesus Christ, and that is a journey. But we need to allow God to finish it. Don't, don't give up halfway. Sure, we are better than what we were before, but we're not there yet. Let's continue to allow God to deal with the stuff on the inside. And God has a good plan. God has got a, 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 an understanding of what He's trying to create in you. He is trying to create the image of Jesus. He's trying to create a, a, a life of faith and a life of love and a life that looks and serves others. And so uh, uh, he's at work and it's going to take shaping, but he's got a lifetime to do it. And I want to encourage you, allow him to. Allow him to. And so he's got a good plan for your life. His timing, though, is not always our timing. So as, as we close this morning, what is it 
that needs a restoration in your life? Are, are there things that you have neglected? Things that have, have, you have avoided? And uh, things that you have maybe even done that have caused your life or your faith to slip into disrepair? Maybe as you look at, as I said, those honest moments when you have a really good look at your life. Maybe some of those things you go, you know what? I don't think that'll ever be able to get fixed. I don't think this, this circumstance that happened, what, what you said, what you did, what happened, and it, I don't think it's possible. I think it's done. I think it's broken. I think it's unfixable. Uh, and maybe you've got some of those extreme things in your life. My encouragement to you this morning is to look and see. Now, what are you going to look and see? Well, what are you going to focus on? What, are you, what, what has captured your attention? Perhaps this morning your vision, where you're looking, is filled with, with what's been lost. You, you've you looked at your life or your circumstances and, you, and you're full of regrets and I've lost this and I've lost this and I've lost this and this has happened. Maybe that's what you're looking at. And maybe that's what you're seeing. Perhaps your vision has been clouded by uncertainty, fear, or distraction. Perhaps you've lost your passion for what you once loved before. Perhaps you've lost hope for something once that you were believing God for. Maybe all you can see is disappointments and regrets and mistakes and failures. Maybe all you can see is what didn't happen. You know, all those things, it's so important to, to address what we're looking at and what we're seeing. Because all those things can burden us. They can weigh us down. And particularly as we're trying to launch into a, to a new year with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a great sense of faith, we can look at the wrong things. And that can burden us, that can cripple us, that can hold us back. I want to encourage you this year to look and see. Do something intentional. Maybe you need to change your perspective. Maybe you need to change your point of view. Maybe we need to stop looking from man's point of view and looking what the enemy is doing and robbing and watching our sons and daughters be taken away. And maybe, just maybe, we need to start looking from heaven's point of view. Perhaps this is where starting to walk by faith and not by sight is important. <coughs> You know, God can do anything. God can restore dry bones. I haven't got this passage up here, but many of you know the passage in Ezekiel where he's placed in this valley of dry bones and they were so dry and they were everywhere. And God says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, well, God, you know that answer to that. And then Ezekiel had to speak to the bones, speak to the wind, and then speak to the bones and command them to live. And the winds came from the north and south and I've got no idea where north yeah, east yeah. is I'll just start with east. Anyway, you know the story. And and then the, 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 those bones came together and then and this the, the, the muscles formed and the skin flowed and an army arose and, and you know the question to you is maybe you're looking at dry bones. Maybe you're looking at something you're going, you know what, I don't think these things can live. As God's asking you, what are you looking at? What are you seeing? Do you believe that I can do this? 
Do you believe that I can restore things? Do you believe that I can restore your hope and your faith and your, your, your relationships and your marriage and your business? Do, do we believe that? Because I do believe that this year we're going to see many things restored. And I'm so, who's looking forward to getting things restored? Great. That's four of us. That's four of us, Pete. Somewhere, right? I'm going to take you a passage in Ephesians and then I'm going to wrap up. Well, then I'm going to pray, actually. So this is a, a this is out of the amplified version. And there, there's Adelaide. There's the car. Okay. God is able to carry out His purpose and do super abundantly. Tell the person next to you, super abundantly. Super abundantly. God is able to carry out His purpose. And do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power at work that is within us. His power at work is Holy Spirit within us, the restoring power of God living in us. He can work in your situation. He can work, he, he can revive, he can restore, he can restart, he can replace, he can repair, he can do all those rewords. God can do it. And he can do more than you could ever dream or imagine. And I think over the last number of years, I think a lot of us have, oh well, it's very easy for us to start thinking, oh well, well this is my life, I've just, got to, I've just got to handle this or it's not going to work, I've just got to limp along through life. I believe in a God who wants to restore. Whatever it is that you are, that you're looking at, that's in a state of disrepair. And again, that's got to be between you and God in, in those honest moments. I'm not here to point and say, this, look at your life and, and make any comment on what's in disrepair. This is between you and the Lord because I know all of us have things we're working on. And I believe that God can restore you. Even when it seems impossible. Even when it seems hard. Because our God is a restoring God. He's more than able to take whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that's broken and messed up and worn out, He can restore, He can renew, He can revive. All we need to do is trust Him. Trust Him. Trust the Master Restorer. Trust the Master Builder. Keep our eyes on Him. Look and see. Because I said, you may need to change how you look at things. But if you can look and see that God is at work, look and see that God is able. Look and see that God has got a plan for your life, a plan to, to, to bless and, and strengthen and bring healing and wholeness into your life. And that through that, that, that God can use you to bring the same thing into the community around us. So, my challenge, oh no, a couple of challenges this week, a couple of practical things for you to do. Um, We'll put it in the e-news just in case you forget. But those verses from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 7, that whole chapter is absolutely beautiful. But those seven verses, I'm going to encourage you, just add them to your uh, meditation this week. Just, just, uh, just see what the Lord's saying to you out of those verses. Maybe God will just speak life or, or identify something to you or, or show you something. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 to 7. We'll put it in the news so that you don't forget. But I just think there's, there's something God wants to speak to you. Just to you. 
something absolutely precious, uh, a word from heaven for your exact circumstance. And uh, we just, uh, often God wants to speak, the problem is we're not often listening. And so um, I'm sure you can find some time this week just to allow those words to, to drench your soul and to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Um, so that's something really practical you can do. And, um, but I want to just encourage you that let's, let's make a decision to look and see. Maybe we've been looking at the wrong things. And um, as, yeah, I'm, I'm going to close and I want to pray. I want to pray for our church family. And, uh, but if you're here this morning and if you're able to, and, um, and you, you just give me a little wave and say, Mark, I've got stuff that needs restoring. I've, I've, got, I've got my hands and feet up because I've got stuff in my life that needs restoring and I, I know you do. And I'm not making any judgment on you, but, um, but I know we've all got stuff that means God's Holy Spirit is His power at work in us to restore and bring hope and bring life and to breathe again over our lives. And so, so um, that's me, and I'm sure that's many of you. So we're going to pray. I want to stand together, and I'll get our, uh, our team up. Thanks, Ben, and we'll close with a great sense of joy in the house of the Lord. Father God, I just thank you for this amazing church. I know John Kay talked about it, uh, but Lord, I, I thank you that we get to belong to part of this family. And Lord, I just thank you that you're at work and that your, your call for us always has been one of your words over our church, church is a, a word of restoration and healing. And Lord, I, I know that needs to work in each one of us. And Lord, I just want to pray this morning for our church family. Lord, I, I know that some of the challenges have been hard. Some of the things that, that this church family are experiencing in health or in marriages or businesses or families, Lord, I know that, that a lot of things can be difficult. And it seems that, that strength has been taken and hope has been taken. And Lord, I thank you for your word that encourages us to look and see, to turn our eyes away from what we see in the natural even though it seems so difficult, and help us to understand what you've spoken over us, that we can look and see that our strength will return, that our, that our joy and our laughter and our love will be carried back to us. And Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll open our hearts and our minds to what your Spirit is saying to us. And Lord, that, that this year, Lord, that we would look in, in anticipation for you to work. And Lord, I also understand that may involve some stripping bare. Some, some stripping back and some laying bare. And Lord, I just pray that each one of us would just surrender to you. And even when it's hard and difficult and tough, and we've got to have those conversations or, or we've got to make those decisions, Lord, I pray that you give us the boldness to, to step into that place and to be responsive to your hand, your Holy Spirit shaping us and, and then lovingly restoring us from the inside and out. Lord, I thank you that you've given us a new heart already. I thank you you've already made us a new creation. And Lord, I pray that, that as we outwork that truth into our day-to-day lives, that we would sense the master restorer at work in our lives. And Lord, we look forward to what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. Amen.